Welcome back. We're going to finish up the book of Numbers this time and then go on to begin the book of Deuteronomy. And there'll be no need to segue from one book to another because Deuteronomy just picks up right where Numbers leaves off. And, and you, you shouldn't notice any change in writing style from one book to the next because according to tradition, at least, they were both written by Moses. Now, later on, we may have reason to question that tradition, or we may not. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, for now, let's just pick up the story here with uh, chapter 35 of the book of Numbers. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Command the children of Israel that they give unto the Levites of the inheritance of their possession cities to dwell in. And ye shall give also unto the Levites suburbs for the cities round about them. Now, don't try to put a modern interpretation on the word suburbs. You know, they, they didn't have suburbs such as we understand them back in King James's day. And that's where this terminology comes from. Um, it, it probably just means pasture lands, or, you know, on the outskirts of the cities. In fact, most of the translations say pasture lands instead of suburbs. So why are the Israelites in general being commanded to give cities and pasture lands to the Levites, which in this case, Levites includes the priests, the sons of Aaron, not just the uh, ones who tended to the altar and the tabernacle and so on. Well, because if you remember, the Levites were not initially given a share in the inheritance of the promised land. And the Yahwehlians apparently wanted to make sure that they would have nice places to live and their flocks would have nice uh, pasture lands to graze in, their flocks and their herds. And the cities shall they have to dwell in, and the suburbs of them shall be for their cattle and for their goods and for all their beasts. And the suburbs of the cities, which ye shall give unto the Levites, shall reach from the wall of the city and outward a thousand cubits round about. And ye shall measure from without the city on the east side 2,000 cubits, and on the south side 2,000 cubits, and on the west side 2,000 cubits, and on the north side 2,000 cubits, and the city shall be in the midst. This shall be to them the suburbs of the cities. Nice work with the city planners there. And among the cities which she shall give unto the Levites, there shall be six cities for refuge, which ye shall appoint for the manslayer that he may flee thither. And to them ye shall add 40 and two cities. So altogether, there were to be 48 cities or towns scattered around the country for the uh, priests and the Levites to live in. And six of these uh, religious colonies were sanctuaries where man killers who were not actual murderers could hide out from any pursuers who were bent on revenge. Now, did you ever wonder why the main hall of a church is called the sanctuary? Well, probably because originally it was a sanctuary. 
if you could get to a church, to a place of sanctuary, you were immune from arrest as long as you stayed there. So all the cities which ye shall give to the Levites shall be forty and eight cities. Them shall ye give with their suburbs. And the cities which ye shall give shall be of the possession of the children of Israel. From them that have many, ye shall give many. But from them that have few, ye shall give few. Everyone shall give of his cities unto the Levites according to his inheritance which he inheriteth. Uh, from each of the tribes according to their ability, <laughs> to the Levites according to their need. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall appoint you cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the slayer may flee thither, which killeth any person at unawares. And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And of these cities which ye shall give six cities shall ye have for refuge. Ye shall give three cities on this side Jordan, and three cities shall ye give in the land of Canaan, which shall be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be a refuge, both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that every one that killeth any person unawares may flee thither. Now, not every one that killeth any person, but every one that killeth any person unawares, you know, accidentally or not meaning to, or, or, or maybe, uh, maybe you hit them, meaning to hurt them, but not to kill them, and they fell back and hit their head on a rock and died or something. Well, cases of manslaughter, in other words, but not murders. And then it goes on to define exactly which cases are manslaughter and which are murder. <laughs> the Yahwehlians lay down the law, and that's in the next few verses. And if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he smite him with throwing a stone wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he smite him with an hand weapon of wood wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The revenger of blood himself shall slay the murderer. When he meeteth him, he shall slay him. The revenger of blood being the relative who uh, had been assigned by the family to carry out the revenge. But if he thrust him of hatred or hurl at him by laying of weight that he die, or in enmity smite him with his hand that he die, he that smote him shall surely be put to death, for he is a murderer. The revenger of blood shall slay the murderer when he meeteth him. But if he thrust him suddenly without enmity, or have cast upon him anything without laying of weight, or with any stone wherewith a man may die, seeing him not, and cast it upon him that he die, and was not his enemy, neither sought his harm, 
Then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the revenger of blood according to these judgments. And the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of blood. And the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whither he was fled. And he shall abide in it unto the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. Now, evidently, the death of the high priest was one of these redeeming sacrifices uh, of one without spot or blemish, a kind of midway point between the animal sacrifices, which were supposed to be of animals without spot or blemish, and the sacrifice of Christ, who was the spotless, uh, blemishless lamb of God, but if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge, whither he was fled, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of blood, because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return into the land of his possession. So these things shall be for a statute of judgment unto you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Whoso killeth any person, the murderer shall be put to death by the mouth of witnesses, but one witness shall not testify against any person to cause him to die. You need at least two. Moreover, ye shall take no satisfaction for the life of a murderer, which is guilty of death, but he shall be surely put to death. And ye shall take no satisfaction for him that is fled to the city of his refuge, that he should come again to dwell in the land until the death of the priest. So ye shall not pollute the land wherein ye are, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. Defile not, therefore, the land which ye shall inhabit, wherein I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. And that's the end of chapter 35. Chapter 36. And the chief fathers of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph came near and spake before Moses and before the princes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel. And they said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel. And my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, unto his daughters. You might remember Zelophehad had no sons to leave his fortune to. So his daughters appealed to Moses and the Yahwehlians in court and got the right to inherit. But now we're back in court again uh, to clarify some of the details. Because so, evidently some uh, confusion ensued. <laughs> and if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then shall their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. 
so shall it be taken from the lot of our inheritance. And when the jubilee of the children of Israel shall be, then shall their inheritance be put unto the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. And Moses commanded the children of Israel, according to the word of the Lord, saying, the tribe of the sons of Joseph hath said well. It says, according to the word of the Lord. So evidently he consulted with the Yahwehlians. This is the thing which the Lord doth command concerning the daughters of Zelophehad, saying, let them marry to whom they think best. Only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel removed from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his father. That solves the problem, see. <laughs> they, they can marry anybody they want to. They're just not allowed to marry outside their tribe. And that'll keep the wealth from moving, you know, from tribe to tribe. Much neater that way. And every daughter that possesseth an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of his father. Neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another tribe, but every one of the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep himself to his own inheritance. Even as the Lord commanded Moses, so did the daughters of Zelophehad. For Mahiah, Terzah, and Hoglah, and Milcah, and Noah, the daughters of Zelophehad, were married unto their father's brother's sons, and they were married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained in the tribe of the family of their father. These are the commandments and the judgments which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. And that's the end of the book of Numbers. And we're going right on to begin the book of Deuteronomy. And it shouldn't feel much different since they're by the same author. You be the judge. Deuteronomy chapter 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. There are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. So if there are only eleven days' journey from Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, or at least in the vicinity of Mount Sinai, what the heck have they been doing for 40 years? Going around in circles? <laughs> well, apparently so. It's a miracle. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Astaroth and Edre, on this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, 
you have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? You remember this? Uh, this was when Moses decided to, that he would have to delegate some of his authority because it was overwhelming him to try to deal with every little problem all by himself. Take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes and I will make them rulers over you. And he answered me and said, the thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, and captains over fifties, and captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother, and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. So Moses is saying, do your best in the lower courts, but if you can't come to a decision, just kick it upstairs to me in the Supreme Court, so to speak, and I'll figure it out. And I'm guessing that if he couldn't figure it out, he'd appeal to the Yahwehlians. You know, this is all just recap and review. And there's more recap and review to come in the next few verses. And I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, we will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of Eshcol and searched it out. You remember this story, I'm sure 
Again, it's just more review. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the land of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Now, it should be Anakim, not Anakims, because Anakim is already plural. You don't need to add an S onto it. The Anakim were giants, like the Nephilim. Notice it says that the, the people is greater and taller than we. And, and that's because they were descended from the Anakim, who were probably descended from the Nephilim. And I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Now, when it says, the Lord your God, which goeth before you, I think it's talking about the Ark of the Covenant being carried into battle at the head of the column, you know. And atop the Ark of the Covenant was the so-called mercy seat in which a Yahwehian image appeared, you know, uh, the image of Yahweh. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son, in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place, yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night to shew you by what way you should go, and in a cloud by day. Now you remember this. This, I think, was, was a volcano. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sakes, saying, Thou also shall not go in thither. <laughs> so Moses is blaming the people in general, not himself, for not getting to go into the promised land. I guess he forgot that it was really his own fault for not following instructions, you know, for, for uh, striking the rock for dramatic effects like he had done before to bring water out of it, instead of just speaking to it as he was told to do on this particular occasion. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, which you said should be a prey, and your children, 
which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Turn back toward the Red Sea, in other words, toward Yam Suf, uh, the Gulf of Aqaba. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. And when ye had girded on every man his weapons of war, ye were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So he's saying, you're going to get defeated because I'm not giving you any military support. <laughs> so I spake unto you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice nor give ear unto you. So ye abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that we abode there. And that's the end of the first chapter of Deuteronomy. Chapter 2. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. And command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. And they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them for I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a footbreadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession in compensation for Jacob, having cheated him out of his birthright, in my opinion. Ye shall buy meat of them for money that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. <laughs> well, nothing except dietary variety. You know, that steady diet of manna had to uh, get kind of old after a while. And when we passed by from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain from Elath and from Eslongaber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given Ar unto the children of Lot, for a possession. The Emims dwelt therein in times past, a people great and many, and tall as the Anakims. 
which also were accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites called them Amins. Now again, the King James translators put an S on the end of Amin and Anakim, even though they already have a plural ending in, in the Hebrew, the Im ending. So again, both the Anakim and the Amim were giant races, probably descended from the Nephilim, which means that the great flood didn't wipe out all the Nephilim as intended, any more than it wiped out all the humans as originally intended. Well, out of time. All this has been um, by way of recap and review kind of uh, previously in the Torah introduction to uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, we'll continue that review next time. Until then, keep the faith. Stay safe in your sanctuary city. <laughs> well, uh, unless you decide to move to greener pastures out in the suburbs. <laughs>